It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai 33 years. Wow. What a day in the operating room. What a week I had. Such a complicated case I did on Wednesday. Lovely man. Came down from Northern California. Had knee surgery up there. At a lovely institution, world famous. And he had nothing but trouble with his knee. They tried to fix it. They tried to fix it. And one of my good friends, a neurosurgeon, said, you got to help this guy, Robbie. So he came. I must have lost three weeks of sleep thinking about this case. How am I going to get that stuff that they put in out of his knee? Bone grew into it. They cemented everything. But he couldn't straighten or bend his knee. They took everything out and started from scratch. But getting it out, oh, my God. Usually it takes about 30 minutes for me to do a knee surgery, an implant. Not that I'm in a hurry. My dad, the carpenter, taught me to measure twice, cut once. I just love boom, 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 one step leading to another. You don't have to go back. But this is different. This, I'm inheriting the work of someone else, and I've got to deal with all the scar tissue and all the problems that they created. It took me an hour just to work on the tibia, the shin bone. Then I had to take another hour to work on the femur to keep as much of his bone as possible so that I could put a new implant in properly. It was great. Just a great day. He's going to do great. He'll be back to his business making wine in no time. Too bad I'm not a big wine drinker because I think I can have enough wine from him for the rest of my life. And yesterday in surgery was awesome. In baseball, they say you hit for the cycle. You hit a single, a double, a triple, and a home run all in the same game. I did a hip replacement, knee replacement, and a shoulder replacement. Boom, boom, boom. All over the body. It was just an awesome week. And I'm 64 and a half years old. But it was probably one of the best weeks I've ever had as a surgeon. And seeing patients all week long from all over. Man from Idaho. What are you doing in my office? Oh, Dr. Clapper. It was awesome. And I'm so excited for today's show at 815. Calling in is my favorite ice cream store in L.A. She and her husband own Handel's Ice Cream in Redondo Beach. The cream, the milk, comes from cows in Ohio. Those are the best cows for making milk to make ice cream. 
It's an awesome story, and we'll hear about it at 8.15. But it made me think all week long. You know how much I love the world of art, sports, and surgery. They're all connected in my head. So ice cream, it's delicious. But it's delicious because it's creamy, and it's flavorful because of the ingredients. You can't let it freeze too much because then it becomes ice. The key word in ice cream is the cream. You want it to be smooth and velvety. So you better watch that temperature because that's the secret. Too cold, you don't want to eat it. Too hot, it's melting. Precision with water, with liquid. So where in the world of art do you see the ingredients the borrowing of ingredients, using them correctly. I couldn't think of the word ice more than when I thought about this guy in my lifetime when it comes to the word ice. Okay. Ice, ice baby, Will. Don't hear it yet. Technical difficulties. His name was Robert Van Winkle. Is Robert Van Winkle. Better known as Vanilla Ice. And you're going to hear an interview with him in 1990 when his hit single, Ice Ice Baby, came around. Where he just full on admits, you don't understand how rap music works. You borrow. You create these ingredients to create this song. It's an amazing story of success and later failure, but then it's success again. It has very similar qualities to the story of ice cream, which we'll get into. And what about in sports? Well, in 1967, Vince Lombardi in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field realizes that just like we played the Rams, the Rams played and beat, thank God, those damn San Francisco 49ers. Wait till I tell you about that game with that intoxicated 49er fan sitting behind me at the game and how I defused the situation. Iced him out of the game, if you will. But in 1967, the NFC Championship was between the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. This was going to be their third championship in a row. But the weather, Vince Lombardi could not control the weather, and it was snowing. So he spent a fortune electrifying the field, making it heat up. Well, the worst thing happened because he heated up the field, melted the snow, which left left water. And it was minus 38 degrees in Wisconsin in 1967 for this game, which they call the Ice Bowl. Wait till you hear the story of how they beat the Dallas Cowboys on a skating rink, essentially. That's what Lambeau Field became. Because controlling water, as it gets colder, to be ice is what today's show's all about in art and sports. And in my world of surgery, I had the pleasure 
from working at Sloan Kettering, a big cancer hospital in New York City, with a man who used ice in the treatment of bone cancers. It's called cryosurgery, liquid nitrogen. Ralph Markov was his name. Yeah, there's power in using ice, even in my world of surgery. And we'll do some clap revision. We got to talk about Tyler Higby's MCL ligament, knee ligament sprain. We'll get into the great clap revision with that because he's going to play, I, we all hope, this Sunday or next Sunday for the Super Bowl. And Anthony Davis, his hamstring. We got to do some clap revision for his hamstring. He ain't playing today against the Knicks. But why does the hamstring tear and why is it so hard to come back from what seems like an easy injury it's because it's not it's one of the most complicated muscles in the body and it's because it's diagonal and i'll explain that with some clap revision coming up we'll open the clinic later the number is 877-710-ESPN but right now will let's listen to music and the whole idea of ice and what it means This is Robert Van Winkle, better known as Vanilla Ice. 1990, he wrote this song when he was 16 years old after hearing the Queen song with David Bowie. And you'll hear in the interview, the girl says, well, what about Queen? Aren't they suing you for using their song? And he looks at the interview and goes, you don't know anything about hip-hop, do you? Because that's what we do. We sample. Just like making ice cream. You sample different kinds. You use different ingredients to make ice cream. You sample. To me, it's exactly the same. So listen to the story of Robert Van Winkle being interviewed about his career in 1990. He's a young kid at this time. Sampling. That's exactly what he's talking about. That's what Vanilla Ice is talking about. And it's totally relevant to ice cream. The young girl doesn't understand. In order to make that song, he's inspired by the work of others. Let's keep going. This young kid... Robert Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice, was so ahead of his time. He took it on the chin, but he was a trailblazer. He's a white guy singing rap. Before there was Eminem, what a dancer he was and the energy that he brought to those lyrics. It changed the world. Five million records for a rap song a song he wrote when he was 16 years old. The Great Vanilla Ice. Let's do next. Mm. And at the beginning of this interview, he's so excited to tell you that he's been asked by the Ninja Mutant Turtles (laughs) to appear in their movie. He's such a lovable guy. He's such a sweetheart. But what he walked into was because of his passion. He just loved hip-hop. 
the difficulties he had with the record labels, the other artists, it wasn't easy. At one point, he even tried to take his own life after being that successful. And I'm happy to say, as a grown man now in his 50s, he's in a great place. But his story and the whole idea of ice sampling, that's all about ice cream, in my mind. Coming up next, that difficulty with ice. Too cold, too hot, just right. The miracle of a liquid water just invisibly changing the temperature makes it into a solid. Now, you would think a liquid becoming a solid makes it heavier, but the opposite occurs. When liquid water becomes a solid, it actually becomes less dense and it floats. It's such a miraculous structure. And I will even tell you this, for those chemists that are out there will tell you. If you rapidly change the temperature, it's different than when you slowly lower the temperature. And that makes all the difference in the world, in the oceans that make up the earth. The fact that the ice can float on the water, that the liquid is more dense than the solid, is the secret to life. And in the world of sports, what a story you're about to hear. Vince Lombardi, the Green Bay Packers in 1967, having to deal with ice. The game was called the Ice Bowl. And you'll learn more about it coming up next here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. All kinds of technical difficulties. Wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's talk about ice. Let's talk about the world of ice. In the world of sports, my guest at 815 will be calling in who's an expert in the world of ice cream because she owns my favorite ice cream store in all of Los Angeles, Handles in Redondo Beach. The flavors are amazing, but it's more about the creaminess, and that involves the magic of temperature, an invisible concept, and what it can do to make ice cream. Too cold? It's ice crystals. You don't want that. Not cold enough? It's too liquidy. It's a milkshake. You got to get it just right. And that's the technical challenge of ice. So in the world of sports, one of the greatest stories in my lifetime, as it relates to ice, is in 1967, just like what we went through as Ram fans last Sunday. What a game that was. Beating the dreaded 49ers was the NFC Championship. Well, in 1967, the NFL 
and the AFL had not merged yet. It since became the NFC and the AFC, but the equivalent of the game we played last Sunday, the NFC Championship, and beat the 49ers in 1967, it was between the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. The temperature was minus 38 degrees. The coach, Vince Lombardi, knew it was going to be cold, knew it was going to be snowing, but he wanted to have a secret weapon to protect the field from freezing. You got to hear this story about how to manipulate ice. Each year, you have different motivating features, and uh, at this particular time, uh, we're going to try to repeat. No modern-day NFL team had ever won three championships in a row, and Vince Lombardi's attempt at the feat didn't come easy. The Packers were aging and racked with injuries. They looked exhausted, as did their head coach. And it's the NFC Championship game, 1967. Wait till you hear about ice in the world of sports. Hobbled though they were, Lombardi's Packers pressed on and returned to the NFL championship game for a rematch with the Dallas Cowboys. The Vince Lombardi Show, featuring the Let's look ahead to uh, Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys and for, for the whole works. That's right. Uh, uh, Al, this is the big game of the year, and uh, it's, uh, we're real happy we're going to play it in Green Bay, let me say that. And uh, our field is going to be in good shape because unless something happens to the... Uh, to that electric blanket we have out there. There you go. That electric blanket out there for his field. What exactly is he talking about, that mad scientist Vince Lombardi? Because he's going to try and fight something you can't fight, which is the weather. Coach Lombardi invested a great sum of money out on the electric coils that went underneath Lambeau Field. They were designed to keep the field from freezing, obviously, and it was a new concept. He said, let me tell you what we did to this field. He's got this city of wires underneath the turf. Throw the switch. Everything's going to melt. We're going to be fine. The field's going to be in good condition. That was Lombardi's baby, and he just loved to show people the, this control panel downstairs. It looked like the, you know, something you'd see in a submarine. Or there were all these handles and valves and cranks and all this stuff. We're all in there, and the lights are blinking. He's a mad scientist. He doesn't know a damn thing about it, and it says field electrified. Uh, good idea, Vince Lombardi, except when it doesn't work. This is my pride and joy out here, this field here. Let's not cut it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lombardi was the world's greatest control freak. There's no question about that. But the one he couldn't control was weather. That's right. As the sun rose on game day, Lombardi had become as helpless as the ground beneath him. The field, it had been covered the night before. The heat was coming up through the ground and bringing the moisture with it. And as they peeled the tarp off, the field was damp. Damp. That means water. Except it's 38 degrees below zero. What happens when water meets 38 degrees below zero? You don't get snow anymore. You get a sheet of ice. And it was fairly soft. But as the cold worked on it, it started to freeze. And you could just see the field turning color, starting in the north end zone and going to the south. Oh, God. All of a sudden we think, oh, my God, Coach Lombardi's field is frozen. Finally, they turned to Chuck Lane and said, Chuck, you better go and tell Coach. I'd probably been better off telling him that Marie was running around on him. I mean, he was just livid. 
not because of the players playing on ice. He looked bad. He looked bad, but it's impossible to play on it. You're going to hear Jerry Kramer, the linebacker, tackle, talking about playing on an ice skating rink. The stage was set for a game that even before kickoff had earned its nickname, the Ice Bowl. The field grew worse as the game wore on. And it was a skating rink more than a football field. The Packers took a 14 to nothing lead. And then as wind chill temperatures reached minus 38 degrees, their offense froze. Footing was so bad and the hands were so cold and the receivers catching the ball was difficult. So one score could make a big difference. Mm, but they played on on this frozen field because the electric coils backfired. The pitch out to Reeves, he'll throw the option fast, way downfield, it is complete to Lance Russell, he's at the 10, the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. And it's the Dallas Cowboys 17, the Green Bay Packers 14, and the Packers have got their work cut out for them now. I hate to say it, but I had lost faith in the offense, I really had, because they hadn't done a thing, they had shut the offense down completely. So we get the ball, four and a half minutes to go. We got 65 yards to go to score. Here's where the cleverness of Bart Starr, the quarterback, will come in. And they started moving. Flips the pass. It's complete. It's Chuck Mercedes at the 25, the 20, down to the 15, and out of bounds at about the 11-yard line. There's a minute and 11 seconds remaining in this game. In the most adverse conditions they had ever faced, the Packers moved down the field in nine plays and into position to score a game-winning touchdown. Actually, uh, I was looking for a suggestion from Jerry Kramer, Forrest Gregg, as to what particular type of play and what kind of blocking uh, that we should uh, particularly run in that area. That's right. The players spotted a weakness in Dallas defensive lineman Jethro Pugh. They said, we can wedge pew if we have to. He goes, what? I said, I'm not, 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 we can wedge pew if we have to. That's right. I didn't cut pew off. Pew goes down easy. Even, so he can get on the middle. Even, All right. yeah. All right. It's a, it's a give and take. I'm not the, I'm not the complete autocrat here, do you see, uh, as everybody thinks. <laughs> yes, you are, Vince Lombardi. You are the complete autocrat, but you can't control the weather. Freezing, 38 degrees below zero at a field. That's a skating rink. The Packers had identified their target, but the real enemy was the ice. So we called the play twice. The backs were slipping and sliding and couldn't get back to the line of scrimmage. The handoff goes to Donnie Anderson. He's not in. The Packers call time again. And then we take our final time out. And Bart asked me if I could make a block. Can you get your footing for one more wedge play? Yeah, I, th I, I, can, I think so. This is the genius of Bart Starr figuring out how to play on an ice skating rink. Instead of giving it to other players who tried to run and slip and slide, Bart Starr says to Jerry Kramer, what if I just keep the ball and jump on your back and do a quarterback sneak? minimize the skating, minimize the running, and that was the secret. So I ran to the sideline, got over there, and I said, Coach, there's nothing wrong with the play. I said, the backs simply can't get to the line of scrimmage because the ground is so hard there. I said, I'm standing upright. 
I can shuffle my feet and lunge in. All he said at that time was, well, then run it and let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) And I'm laughing like I am now going back to the huddle. And I'm trying to not let anybody see me laughing because it just broke me up. That was his. (laughs) And that is what it's like to be cool under pressure. To be like ice in your veins, like Joe Burrow, like Matthew Stafford. That's the term, cold-blooded. Well, Bart Starr was as well. On third down with 16 seconds to go, Lombardi gambled everything on one last play. Landry would have called a rollout, and a lot of people would have called a rollout. Watch that star now, come on. Grab him if he fakes it. Lombardi wanted to run the wedge play. If you can't gain a yard, you don't deserve to be champions. Here are the Packers, third down, inches to go. Debater. Star begins the count. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback. He can eat it the And the Green Bay Packers are going to be NFL champions for the third straight year. If every time you put your foot down, you skate and slip on the ice, Bart Starr says, and let's minimize that. I'll just keep the ball. And God bless Vince Lombardi for saying, you know better than me. But that's how you deal with ice. But it's reflective of the personality of Vince Lombardi, of Bart Starr, ice in their veins. Here's Jerry Kramer to summarize what happened on that day. It was more than the ice. It's what ice represents in our lives. Commitment, discipline, perseverance, preparation, consistency, intensity. Those are all adjectives. You may use them for water becoming ice, but it actually is who Vince Lombardi was. It's who Joe Burrow is. It's who Matthew Stafford is. My perspective on the last drive in the ice ball is that that is the culmination of everything Lombardi and his Packers had been preparing for, for all of those nine years together. We got a little commitment, a little discipline, a little perseverance, a little preparation, a little consistency, a little intensity. We reached down. We got a little bit of Lombard. That's right. That's what ice is. We need it in our lives when the going gets tough. Coming up next, we'll do some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And speaking of ice and speaking of cold, I bought myself a present so that I can surf in this ice-cold water. A fleece shirt that I can wear under my wetsuit. I was so excited to wear this last Sunday. Ended up locking my keys in the car. How did I get the keys out of my car? How did I end up driving again? I'll tell you how I figured it out. And I'll tell you also what I did with a 49er fan. Instead of fighting with this drunk guy at the game last Sunday. How I iced the situation. And got to enjoy the game. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank God I get to work with Will, Will Orms, a hip-hop specialist. I'm going to tell you, Will, what I always used to tell Coach Dave Miller. I'm a surgeon. I know a lot about the hip, but not about the hop. (laughs) So I'm going to count on you to teach me about the hop in the world of hip-hop. Hell yeah. Because Vanilla Ice is such an endearing character. And I just love his energy, his cojones to take on the world when he did. Now he'd be much more accepted. But now when he started, they just beat this guy up. But he sold a lot of records because he believed in himself. He did have ice in his veins. They all gave him a hard time. I want you to hear how sweet a person Vanilla Ice was. I told you, he got, once he got some tremendous success, the Mutant Ninja Turtle people called him and said, it's just such a character. We want you to be in this Vanilla, I mean, in this Ninja Turtle movie. Write a song for us. You're just such an awesome character and you're such a sweetheart. So the interview is trying to say, like, really? Like, why'd they pick you? Your your words are nasty, you know, but not this sweetheart. Let's listen. Let's go to number one. Well, actually, maybe I can do it now. Let's see. First, they asked, you know, they yeah. said, hey, we want you to do this movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Have you heard of it? I said, yes. <laughs> yes, we've heard of it. And I had to actually take off eight days from the tour, from the Hammer tour, to go film this movie, which I had to do. I mean, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, come on, it's huge. So I had to do that. So I went and did it. It's great. Uh, had a big set made up for me, a big stage and everything. It's vanilla eyes. It's, it's cool. I played myself in the movie. He's so proud of himself. And then they ask this stupid question. Well, what about the kids? Uh, he's altogether a teenager himself. It's not like he has an adult audience. Some of these interviewers are unbelievably ridiculous. Uh, it's called Ninja Rap. It's it's not really ice, you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it's more, the song is made more for the kids, but the beat is slamming in it, and it's more, it's it's good dance tune. It's real hyped. Good, Perfect song for the movie. But it's not, I didn't get to put my, you know, touch in it, the ice touch. But it's, it's, still, it's still vanilla, so it's, it's slamming. She says, are you, are you worried you're going to lose the kids? Are you, like, what are you talking about, your regular audience? Yeah, I did a good thing for goodness sake. Leave me alone. But since it's been done more for the kids, do you feel that your oh. older fans might feel a bit kind of let down? My it's older not- fans? My older yeah. fans? About that song? Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, for that song, but, you know, anybody can understand that, you know, this, the whole movie is for the kids. Why Why would they put some, you know, rolling in my 5.0 and, 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 and 8-ball and gauge shotgun and guns and stuff in, in a, 
in a kid movie, you know. Right. I think everybody can understand, so it's no big deal. It's going to sell. Kids are what's buying, you know, the albums anyway. Sold five million so far in the United States. God bless you, Robert Van Winkle. You did it right. That stage name, Vanilla Ice, awesome. But just like he says here, rap music is about sampling. That's what I did with Queen. Oh, it's yeah, not going to be a single out. No, next single is play that funky music. Yep, yep. It's already out in the United States. It's 99.9% uh, .9 across the whole United States. Smash it, so. That's not the... the play that funky music, why, why? Yeah, but it's not the same. It's different. It's not the same. It's different. There's chocolate ice cream at Baskin Robbins. Why do you need to go to Handles? Because it's not the same. It's different. You sample. What about in in um, Ice Ice Baby? Used the Queen. Hook. Queen And uh, what, what's happened with that? Apparently they were suing you. No, I've heard it. All kinds of stories. Apparently they're suing you or. Or they're taking you to court for this and that. I've heard all kinds of stuff. No, it's no big deal. All it is is, you know, first of all, rap music, all they wanted was credit. All they wanted was credit, and that's all we gave them, you know. Sample by David Bowie and Queen. It's no big deal. Exactly. How do you make good ice cream? You got good ingredients. The ingredients for rap music, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, is that you sample. And then you modify it. You're not stealing anything. Rap music is sampling. And people who don't understand rap music, they say, well, he borrows this or steals this. Rap music, every major rap artist in the world samples music, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's all I did is sample it. If my record 10 years from now went number one, I would say, yo, give me a piece of that, you know? That's all, I mean, and I don't blame them at all. And uh, especially if it sells five million copies. I want to play the Queen song under pressure, 30 seconds of it, of what he heard when he was 16 years old and how it inspired him to then write his own lyrics. And then we'll play Ice Ice Baby. Let's first hear Queen and Under Pressure with David Bowie. Wow. Both of them are gone now. Freddie Mercury, David Bowie. It's a great beat. It's a great hook. Now let's hear what Robert Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice, did with that. Here's Ice Ice Baby. Try to sing along with him. You can't keep up. This kid has a talent. And his dance moves, he's second to none. It's sampling. That's the ice cream business. Nobody owns chocolate or vanilla. But go have it. Go have that flavor chocoholic at Handel's in Redondo Beach. It's like no chocolate you ever had before. Sampling. That's how you build an ice cream business. But you better be tough under pressure because it's competitive. The Ice Bowl, Vince Lombardi not understanding the technical aspects of how special water is. Ice is different than snow. You can play in the snow, 
if you think you want to eliminate the snow by heating up the field and now you get ice, you made a bigger problem than you would have had before. I can't wait to ask them, what is it like to have those freezers? How do you get it to be creamy and not icy? It's what gives life to this planet. And even in my world of surgery, you want to kill a bone tumor, you freeze it. How much? Ah, that's the key. And how do you freeze it? Liquid nitrogen. Literally, it's smoke coming out of the tissues. It's so cold. But it's the best way to kill that tumor in the bone without having to remove the whole bone. All right, coming up next, i got to tell you some stories about the game last Saturday, last Sunday, and how I avoided a fight by freezing the situation and how I locked the keys in my car when I went surfing. We'll get into that, and I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. All right, Will, who is this? Rod Wave. Are we playing him because I surf or because he's saying something about ice? (laughs) Okay. This song is called Hard on Ice. Thank you, Will. (laughs) I'm so out of touch. Oh, my God. But isn't it great to hear Kobe Bryant's voice? Isn't it great even just to talk about the promo? Talk about ice in your veins. That was Kobe Bryant. When it got scary and no one else wanted to shoot the ball, give it to Kobe and he would make the shot. He wanted it. I got news for you. There are two Mambas we're going to see in the Super Bowl. They want the ball. And one of them is Joe Burrow and the other is Matthew Stafford. I've bought two football jerseys in my life. Joe Namath and Joe Burrow. He is something special. I will not be disappointed at whoever wins the Super Bowl because I'm rooting for both. Last Sunday, I went to the game. Took my friend Ed, who I surf with, wearing our Rams gear. More than half the damn stadium was a sea of red. And sitting right behind me, game didn't even start yet, was this drunken fool, intoxicated fan who happened to be a 49er fan. I just don't get it. It's like going to a game with your phone and just looking at the phone the whole time. They're playing basketball. They're playing football right in front of you. Look in the stands now. Half the people aren't even watching the game. Why would you get drunk so you can't even appreciate it? And this guy stands up behind me, spilling beer and swearing, and in front of me is this cute little girl with her family. Young, probably eight years old, ten years old. And I have this fool behind me swearing. I said to myself, all right, the game didn't even start yet. Do I call security? They're not going to do anything. No one cares. Do I punch the guy? I'm not really a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But I've been in fights. you got to defend yourself. Do I take this guy out? But then I'm not going to watch to be able to watch the game. What do you do? So I thought, and I have my friend Ed, who's the sweetest, quietest guy. He's not used to going to a game with a New Yorker. 
So I'm there thinking about all my options, and I realize I, don't, I really only have one option to defuse the situation. You know what I did? I stood up. I stood up. The game started, and I stood up. And in my section, which is great seats, at the, I'm the only one standing. And all of a sudden, I start hearing, sit down, sit down. I'm ignoring it. I'm watching the game. I must have stood for five minutes, seven minutes. And I hear more people, tell your friend to sit down. We can't watch. Is he going to stand the whole game? And I didn't listen. I kept standing because my only option was to block the view of this jerk behind me. If he's going to behave that way, then he ain't going to watch the game. Not with me in front. If he doesn't know how to behave, I'm going to teach him. And I stood. Now, more and more of the other fans start screaming, sit down, we can't see the game. Is your friend going to stand up? Sit down. After, I don't know, eight minutes, ten minutes, I turned around. Because now I had a quorum. Now I had six other guys pissed off, looking right at me. And I looked at each one of them. I said, you want me to sit down? I'll sit down. If, if you help me deal with this jerk. And I pointed a guy right in his face. And then I looked at the guy and I said, do you see who's sitting in front of me? It's a 10-year-old girl. What if that was your daughter? You want your daughter to hear some jerk swearing like you are? I actually tried to apply reason with this intoxicated guy. Only now, because I had pissed off six other people, I made a deal. You want me to sit down? Help me deal with this this jerk. And for whatever reason, he looked at me, ready to fight. And he changed. And he said, I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. And I said, okay. And I sat down. And my friend Ed said to me, oh, my God, how did you do that? Yes, you can ice the situation. You can't do it yourself sometimes. I needed to recruit a mini gang to help deal with this guy and then ultimately deal with him directly. And I was able to watch one of the greatest football games I have ever seen which was the Rams beating the 49ers and all of those obnoxious fans. I cannot, I didn't want to leave the game. I stayed. You had to stay anyway because they haven't figured out the parking. What a mess that is. But I didn't want to leave because the only way you could shut those 49er fans up was Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup doing what they've done all year which is win. And they all left. It was fantastic. The only people left in the stadium were the Rams fans. All those 49er fans left with their tails between their legs. It was so sweet. Just fantastic. So that's how you diffuse a situation. Clapper version. Speaking of ice and my love of surfing, 
I was so excited to get this O'Neill fleece vest to wear under my wetsuit because if you think it's cold when you get up in the morning, try jumping in the ocean. That's what I do. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's freezing. I don't even know how to spell that word. Freezing. But my friend Russ said, hey, your, thin, your skin's getting thinner when you get older. Get one of these things. So I bought this O'Neill fleece T-shirt to wear under the wetsuit. And I went out. Oh, my God. It was, as we say in Yiddish, a mechaya. It was delightful to surf being so warm. My fingers and toes were still freezing, but my core body temperature was fantastic. I was so excited. It's all I was thinking about. Until I was done with the session, the waves were so big I couldn't come in the staircase. The tide was too high. I would have broken my board. So I had to ride my way, my surfboard all the way to the pier where I could get out by the beach. Coincidentally, as I'm getting out on the beach, a buddy of mine who I surfed with, Russian, Alex, was getting out at the same time. God had a plan that the two of us should be leaving the ocean at the same time, so we start walking with our surfboards. And I said, Alex, who are you? What are you doing here? Where are you from? I don't know. I just felt like engaging him. And as we're walking with our surfboards, soaking wet, freezing, I learned a little bit about this guy that I've been surfing with for a few years, who's just a sweetheart. Well, I finally get to my truck, and coincidentally, guess whose car is parked next to my truck? His. So I load my surfboard in the back of my truck. He opens up his car to put it, and that's when I realized, oh, my God. I was so taken up by having this fleece shirt. I forgot to put my key to my truck in my wetsuit. My key to my car is locked inside my truck. Now what am I going to do? I know I have an extra key at my house, but I don't have it right now. And I said, and I just blurted out, oh my God, I locked my keys. Well, Alex, standing next to me by his car, says, I'll drive you home, Robbie. You'll get your key. You'll come back. And I looked at him and I said, you would do that? You know what he said to me? One of the sweetest things someone could ever say to you. He's a total stranger to me, but not really. I've seen him over the years. I've surfed with him. Not like I had a meal with him. Not like I'm related to him. He said these words to me. Robbie, I'll do that. I said, you would do that? And you know what he said? Robbie, you would do it for me. And he's totally right. I would do the exact same thing. I would stop what I was doing to help him. Only I was now the one needing the help, which is kind of the weirdest feeling. I don't need anything from anybody. But sometimes you do. And I got in the back of his little car, drove me to my house. I got the key. Drove He drove me back to my truck so I didn't have to use a rock to break the window. Saved me a lot of money. And with the supply chain problem, go get a window for a Toyota truck right now. It's probably impossible. I turned the key, opened the door, got in, and went home.
So thank you, Alex. You did a mitzvah. And you're right. I would have done the same thing for you. Let's do some clap revision before the hour is up. Tyler Higby sprained medial collateral ligament in his knee. A sprain means, in plain English, a microscopic tear. And all those knee surgeries I did this week, I operate on the medial collateral ligament all the time. I have to elevate it off the shin bone, off the tibia, to preserve its attachment so that when I do your knee surgery, your knee is still stable. You need that ligament to keep your knee from opening up like a book. That's what the ligament does. It stabilizes the joint. But traumatically, when you tear it, here's the clapper vision. It's like two pieces of Velcro ripping apart. That Velcro rips apart, but guess what it does? It bleeds. It's painful. But you wear a brace. That bleeding creates a scab, and it will heal. You do not need surgery for it. So I expect to see Tyler Higby with a brace playing in the Super Bowl next Sunday. That's my opinion, and I'm keeping it. All right, coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories because I'm so excited for my guest at 815. Q. Danilik and her husband, Paul. They own my favorite ice cream store in all of Los Angeles. It's the Handel's Ice Cream Store in Redondo Beach. It's worth the drive. Plenty of parking. Not a problem. Get the chocoholic flavor. Oh, my God. And one with graham crackers is unbelievable. But it made me think all week about ice, ice cream, in art in sports, and in surgery. And coming up next, I'll tell you some stories about it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.